Like I can't pay my hotel. I've got no flight back for 10 days. I've got no money and that's it. I've got nothing else. Like this is my life now. Oh my God. What's up nomads? Welcome to your new favorite travel podcast, Two Beers Till Takeoff. The podcast that delivers expert knowledge, the information you won't get in your guidebook, and a story that's guaranteed to make you say, what the fuck, or your money back. Sid, you know our episodes are free, right? What's up, everyone, and welcome to Two Beers Still Take Off. You're here with your two hosts, Big Sid and Phil. And I'm really excited about today's story. I, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people have been to this country, but I feel like a lot of people don't do it the same route as, as we do it. We do it a little bit rougher than people sometimes. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, like, you know, we, we're, we're talking about Cuba here. And I know a lot of people look at it as like a place for resorts. You know, let's go all inclusive. Let's stay there for a week, two weeks on the beach. It's not like that when you get away from the, well, yeah, from the resorts, from the resort towns. It is properly what you'd uh, kind of expect it to be stereotype-wise. It's poor, it's run down, it's gritty, it's a tough place. You know, I was staying in the slums in Havana, yeah? I was miles away from any kind of hotel, let alone a resort. Like, we were really out there with the with, with the people, you know, out on the streets. Would, would Like, you've been to a lot of different countries in the world. Would you say it was a dangerous place to be out there with the locals? Yes, yes and no. You know, I, I very rarely felt really in danger. But at the same time, like, walking down the street, as a, as a white guy who clearly wasn't from there, like, I was getting whistled at. Like, I was getting attention wow. that would, yeah, like, I was getting really negative attention a lot of the times. And Were I was you wearing, easy. like, a Speedo or something? Or? Oh, yeah, man, I come straight off the beach. I had the beach towel on me. I love I love Ibiza. Speedo it's on. It's true, you are European. But no, man, like, people, people were whistling at me, shouting at me. And we had a few incidents over there. We did have a few incidents. I, I, I wouldn't say it was perfectly safe. No, to answer your question. Actually, I want to backtrack and say, no, it's not perfectly safe. Yeah, because I, I feel like, like for me, I have not been to Cuba, but I know a lot of people that have been to Cuba, and for them, what they, like I know that people do go off resort. It is a common thing, but maybe it's something do, they do during the day that's during, it's during a more safer time. I think it's like this as well. You know, if you're staying in the resorts and you go off on a planned excursion to other places, they're also going to be touristy areas. Like, you'll be expected there, you'll be catered for, do you know what I mean? They'll have your Budweiser and your hamburger waiting for you. Like, it's it's not going to be, like, the crooks and stuff have already been expelled from that area. Yeah. Whereas if you're out in the slums or just in a regular part of any city, whoever's there, they, they are the locals. That's what it's like. You know, so There's you don't no get buffer. that. There's no There's no tour guide. Exactly. You don't have any protection. So, are, so can you tell us a bit more about Cuba? Uh, some people might not know, like, know that it exists, but not maybe not know much about its political or economic status. I kind of envisaged this question, so I did a little bit of research just to beef up my knowledge a bit. You know, you know, there's a McDonald's in Cuba, but there's only one of them. What? There's a, yeah, <laughs> but there's only one of them. It's in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> yeah, for, for the prisoners. Yeah, no, when that bit of land was leased by the Americans. Part of the contract was that they could put American franchises on it. So there's like a Baskin Robbins and a KFC as well. But it's only, not in the rest of the island, only there. And the Cubans aren't allowed to visit it as part of the agreement. Wow, that's that's dusty. Yeah, man. It'd be interesting because like, you know, it, McDonald's around the world, they do personalize for the country. They, they change some of the items. They, they keep their staples. They're like the Big Macs, the whatever, the, the, the McChickens and stuff. But they'll have that their own like country's staple dish they'll have like a mcdonald's version of it it'd be interesting to like get a, a rum and co or a cuba libre in uh in a cuba or something with your big mac yeah man i think instead of fries you just get a box of tobacco <laughs> but yeah so just to continue with my interesting facts you know it hasn't snowed in cuba since 1857 wow i think in canada it hasn't snowed since 1857 like the time <laughs> Fucking snowing I, all the time. And this is exactly the reason I enjoyed this. Like, if my co-host was from, like, Congo or Algeria or Indonesia, it probably wouldn't have been relevant. But snowing. from Canada, yeah, I thought, yeah, you'd really enjoy that fact. So, yeah, 1857. Tell me about their hockey team. <laughs> uh, 
The average salary is $20 a month. That's correct as well. You didn't mishear that. $20 a month. US? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know that's, I know that's about 468 Canadian dollars, but that's still not much. <laughs> Shots fired. But yeah, I mean, communism, what are you going to do about it? Cuba is one of the few countries that has a two-currency system. There's the Cuban pesos and the convertible pesos. Tell me more. Well, one of them is purely based or purely being created to rip off tourists. It's 26 <laughs> times more expensive. In fact, it's weighted against the dollar. So it's, it's literally there to rip you off for your cocktails and your, and your Big Macs, basically. And then there's the other version that the locals use, 26 times better to use, or was, you know, it might have changed since, it's not a set value, which means that you can afford a lot more things for your money. The two currencies. As shady as it sounds, you can understand why they did it if you're making $20 a month. Yeah, well, if I was making $20 a month, I'd actually expect it to be more than 26 to 1. I'd be asking for about 260 to 1, I think. Scarface was from Cuba. Was that a real, was, is it a true story, yeah? I don't think it was. was Though it? I did hear you could do a Scarface impression. Say hello to my little friend. That gets better. That gets better every time I hear it. I think. I think any. If you're doing a Scarface impression, you can say anything you want, but you just have to finish with "man." <laughs> Let's go to the beach, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, get this guy an Oscar. <laughs> there are more than seventy thousand. More than 70,000 qualified Cuban doctors. Wow. That is more than the whole of Africa combined. Sounds like these doctors need to move. Well, they do. The Cuban government, the Cuban government sell them to other countries. Like, for example, they exchanged doctors and dentists with Venezuela in exchange for oil. It's like a, it's like a resource. Yeah, exactly. It's a commodity. Like, they can trade these people off whenever they like. They're prostituting off their, their doctor. Imagine going to school... <laughs> Imagine, imagine going to school for six years just to become a prostitute. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, if they sell you in a, to a country that, like, I'd be, I'd be interested to learn more about that because, like, what happens if you don't want to go to the country? I assume that you probably want to leave because you want to make more than $26 a month. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's, I feel like your hand's kind of forced there, but I, I, I don't know from personal experience. Like, the, the, the 10 days or so I was there didn't quite get a chance to cover that question, unfortunately. Not only... Is it common to smoke indoors there? Like, I remember when I was hanging out with one of the con men, we were walking down the street, you know, and he was saying to me, like, all oh, right, let's go through here. And I mean, this was a hospital, yeah, and it was massive, because I suppose they got to put the doctors somewhere. And I was like, oh, you know, I went to go put my fag out. So I put it out, and he fucking was like, what, the f what are you doing, son? He sparked up another one, shoved it in my mouth. And I was like, <laughs> right, thanks for chain smoking, well, helping me chain smoke, but all right. I said, no, no, you're smoking here, no problem. What? Yeah, we walked through the hospital lobby and we were smoking and it's common. Everyone was smoking in there. What? The patients, the doctors, yeah. You look into the rooms, there's one guy on the ICU and there's a doctor smoking next to him. He's got a fucking cigar in his mouth. And you can smoke the cigarettes. He's got a cigar? A doctor with a cigar? Yeah. It's completely fucking normal. Nobody batted an eyelid. Walking through there with a fucking cigarette, like, you know what I mean, tipping it on the floor and everybody was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. You know, we weren't even, we weren't patients. We were using it as a shortcut. We exited through their <laughs> fire exit. Shouldn't have even been there. I was smoking in the lobby and they were like, yeah, yeah no problem. No, no, yeah, it's right. What's, what's the life expectancy in Cuba? Like 36? It might be 12. Like I haven't checked, but it can't be long based on that. <laughs> Bacardi and the Havana Club you can get in the US are not actually from Cuba. Really? Yeah. When the embargo began and the issues between the US and Cuba commenced, the Bacardi family were exiled, which actually used to be part of their advertising campaign. They were exiled to the US. They don't sell Cuban rum anymore. They make their rum elsewhere. And they actually ripped off the Havana Club recipe and started selling it in the US because you couldn't get proper Havana Club there. So chances are, if you're American, you've actually never had proper Cuban rum. Wow. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that because the U.S. also have ripped off another famous recipe, Budweiser. Yeah, they took it from right? the Czechs. That, yeah, took it from the Czechs, the Budvar uh, beer company. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Budvar is suing, but Havana Club, the original Cuban company. They have sued. Oh, yeah, but they're, they're still suing the, the Havana Club company. And they've been waiting for years. Really? Yeah, there's, no, there's been no outcome so far that I could find. I, I assume you've had Cuban rum? How is it? Oh, 
Deli- delicious, like sweet nectar. It's better better than Captain Morgan. Oh, it's like the tears of angels. Cuba. Uh, this one I couldn't really wrap up into a neat statistic for you, but Cuba stopped importing cars in the 1950s again due to the embargo. Hence, why you see all the old cars there, yeah. People, what embargo is if they're like, I don't know what le- kind of Lego that is. <laughs> Right. So when they stopped trading with the US, because the US decided they wouldn't trade with them. Embargo. Noun. So yeah, when the US stopped trading with Cuba, basically, they couldn't get their cars from anywhere else. And they decided they didn't really want to, I think. But what they needed was parts to keep the cars going. So this is what they ended up with, was these kind of mongrel cars. They're not the original versions. They've got all these larders and stuff from the 1950s, 40s, you know, old Beatles, whatever, yeah? But predominantly, it's just the shell. All the engine parts, and that uh, they're made up from bits that they got from the USSR and from China, like their communist partners. They couldn't get in the new cars, really? so they just got yes, they just got the parts in. But they've kept the same old car running via new parts continuously. Just another botch job after another after another. I, w- I wonder how many doctors they had to trade for that. <laughs> I'll give you sixteen doctors for an exhaust pipe. Ah, Fidel knew what he was doing, I tell you. But no, and I mean, on top of that, like, I mean, this actually happened after I've been there. But in 2016, they finally allowed new cars to be bought into Cuba, I guess, because they couldn't just keep going with the part routine because the parts were no good anymore. I don't know. Yeah, but they allowed new cars. But this is the catch. The cars that they were bringing in were 10 times, on average, more expensive than they are in the country they were bringing them in from. So you think if you can buy, say, a Tesla for, uh, I don't know, $500,000. In Cuba, you're going to pay $5 million. Jesus. The average salary is $20 a month. How the fuck can anybody afford that? Drug dealing, probably? Well, yeah, possibly. I mean, other than that, you're getting a six, you're getting a lease like, oh, hello, Elon Musk. Can I have a 6,000 year lease? (laughs) So, so when you were there, did you see nice vehicles? Or were they all just the Laudas and the old... No, like the, the the only vehicle that I saw that could go faster than say fifty kilometers an hour was the plane was the plane I arrived on. <laughs> All right, so before we get more into uh, the nitty gritty of Cuba, let's get into the Q and A because we haven't got to know you a bit better. Yeah, I guess so. Let's let's have it. Q and A. All right, Sid, welcome to Q&A, your first Q&A. We should have done this probably uh, four episodes ago, but uh, I guess it's better late than never. Hot or cold? Oh, hot, obviously. Jeez, you know where I live? Beach or mountains? Same answer, beach. You know where I live? <laughs> Bus or train? Train. You never know who's going to get on a train. I always feel like you'll meet more crooked people. I enjoy it. Cats or dogs? Fucking hate animals. <laughs> Top or bottom bunk? Oh, bottom. Like, whenever you're on the top, if you've got a, an acquaintance with you, you're always worried about if the weight's going to be too much. Fair enough. Logistics. What is your favorite sports team? Portsmouth, hometown team. Play at Pompey, third division. What sport is that? Ping pong? Exactly that. They do kayaking as well. <laughs> what is your favorite world attraction? Oof. I, I definitely wouldn't say it's the best, but uh, top of my head, I'm thinking the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem because it it's just really obscure in a way. Like I, to see grown men just shouting at a wall and people like crying over it, like getting really emotional. I would, you know, for a guy from a small town, for, I mean, like, I never expected to see this kind of thing. It was just really eye opening. It was a it was culture shock in a way. You know, and it was a big deal. I was like, well, fuck, I'm, I'm here. You know, this is this is mega. What is your the most overrated landmark or event that you've been to? The metal asparagus. <laughs> the metal asparagus? Where, where's this? In Paris. I, I need to go now. It's famously known as the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> that shit was supposed to be ripped down two years after it was built after the World Trade Fair. Do you know why? Because it looks awful. It's a joke. Which country has the best cuisine? Italy. Like, the, the, this question is going to get you the same answer every time. We all know their cuisine is fantastic. Like, you can talk about Japan, you can talk about Brazil. Italy are the kings. 
Yeah, unfortunately, it, it is going to be a common answer. I think we might have to change the question to, what's your favorite, second favorite cuisine? <laughs> right? Just so that we can get an actual different answer. What is your favorite cocktail? Oh, pina colada. I'm so glad this happened in the Cuba episode as well. Where did you find your cheapest pint? Vietnam. 11 cents. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Like, must have, must have been quite a hangover with that. Oh, you know, the keg was gone so quickly that I'm not even sure we remember drinking that. Oh, how many pints of it we drank? We went straight to the bars afterwards. It could have been what they served us in the bars. But yeah, I was fucked up the next day. 11 cents, so incredible. You can't knock it. Where in the world is your favorite bar? Can I say the place that did the beers for 11 cents? <laughs> That's a solid reason, but I want to know a different one because obviously you've been to more than one in the world. No, my, 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 my favorite bar... Yeah, was a place called Adega in Porto. When I, when I was living there, it was fantastic. One of the best sports bars I've ever been to. Well, probably the best sports bar, sorry, to answer the question. There was just like shirts everywhere. And they were like vintage classic shirts. They had like, I think they had something like 16 TVs just in the downstairs floor. Wow. Yeah. You could, buy, you could buy a four liter tower of beer for something like 12 euros. Like it was disgustingly cheap. They had beer pong, table tennis, table football, pool table. Like, it was just a riot in there. Like, it was wild. Unfortunately, eventually it got taken over by tourists. And it lost its appeal a little bit. But, like, during those peak years, 2015 to 2018, ah, it was just a sensational bar. What is your biggest travel pet peeve? People that have had their trips paid for by their parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I've been to Paris. I've been to Amsterdam. I've been to Berlin. Oh my God, interrailing, so cool. I got a Eurail pass. Yeah, exactly. They fucking, they've done the interrailing. They've never, like, they've never stepped outside of their comfort zone. Oh, I've been from one museum to the next. Yeah, fuck off, you prick. <laughs> to be fair, though, uh, if I had... Like, or I guess when I have kids and if they're not interested in traveling, I would like prefer to pay their, their trip and have them get that experience than the, them not experience it at all. Yeah, but I'd send them on a one way flight to the Marshall Islands. I wouldn't fucking send them to Paris. <laughs> Go check out Uganda. Tell me how it was. Tell us your best travel hack. Best travel hack. Pre-drink. As much as you can. Mm. Sounds like a university travel hack, but it makes a difference. Like, as somebody who likes to go out every night that I'm traveling, there's no way I could afford that if I drank every beer in a club. Like, get fucked up and stash whatever you can't drink before you get in in your pockets. Yeah. And it well, will make the difference. Yeah, just just to kind of piggyback on what you're what you said there. Also, the, the the places that you can drink in public, going out of the bar and going to get a beer at the convenience store is also a travel hack. Oh, of course, man. Store beers are are the beers of kings. Everybody knows that. As a backpacker, you're 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 gonna make your trip by by having the strategy. Oh yes, yeah, so if you're a drinker, completely. What's something you never travel without? Beer money. How yeah. else the fuck am I gonna pay for the beer? New need two beers before I can take off. So, uh, what's the most underrated country? Strong question. I'm tied between Macedonia, Myanmar, and Paraguay, and I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna lean on Macedonia because nobody talks about it. And it's you mean North strong. Mac, the Big Mac. Are we doing isn't it, is it, is it, again? No, no. But isn't it Northern Macedonia now? It's called. Yeah, they, cha- they, they finally folded to the Greeks and changed their names in the hope that they'll get let into the EU, which won't happen. But yeah, but you know, like, they're, like I, I went there with an architect to sculpture the capital, and like their whole capital city has just been created as if it was on theme park world. And he was saying, like, you know, this is wrong for this reason, but incredible. Like, you'll never see this for this reason. Like, you know, without even him being an architect, to be honest, I probably could have told you that. Like... It just looks completely fabricated. It's incredible. Like, it looks like it was completely blown apart and somebody just created it a few years ago but tried to make it look like it was built in the 1600s. It's like City Tycoon. It's like City Tycoon. And at the same time, you can get a beer for 50 cents. The locals are friendly as fuck. Most of them don't speak English, but they're friendly as fuck. Hoons are cheap. 
The food is cheap as fuck and it's delicious. Man, and and and, and they'll go, they'll go out on the piss till fucking 6 a.m. They don't care even in the countryside. Man, when I when I got there a few years ago, yeah, I went there for Ricky's wedding. We went out for breakfast 9 a.m., yeah. Guy was like, "You want some shots?" Of course you want some fucking shots for breakfast. 9 a.m. I just been on a flight. Of course I'll have some fucking shots. Yeah, that's that's a wedding. I love that place. That's a wedding that I honestly was really pissed I missed. Yeah, it was it, it was some weekend, I you, tell you. You were telling me about like the uh the bathtub rakia at the wedding and stuff and i, I yeah that's that's the <laughs> for people who don't know rakia is a like a how, you, how do you describe it i guess it's like moon moonshine in a way it's the local white spirit yeah but when it's bathtub stuff it's like it's dangerous potentially yeah you might lose an eye where is somewhere you would never go back athens really yeah whole place smells like wow whole place smells like piss and it's five euros a pint it's a joke Travel, I tra- travel, tra- tra- travel up one border, and I get it for a fifth of the price. Athens is a terrible city, and I'll fight anyone that tells me otherwise. So, are, are, am I safe to say that you, you'd say it's maybe the most overrated city? Definitely up there. In fact, yeah, it probably is. Okay. Where in the world did you encounter the least friendly locals? I, I'd have to say Israel. You know, like out. Oh, really? Yeah, like outside of the like the Wailing Wall when you're taking pictures and stuff. You know, they're happy to bump into you, you know, happy to jump in front of you on the way to the bus. Like, I get the, I don't know if it's because of the mandatory military service or whatever, but half of them look like they'd push your grandmother over. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, sh- I've never been to Israel, but uh, I share the, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Mehdi also in one of our past episodes mentioned that he thought that um, th- they were the, the least friendly locals as well. But f- I have met, Israelis traveling while, while backpacking, and I share Mehdi's same um, opinion. They're great people. All the Israelis I've ever met, they're absolute beauties. And I, I yeah, it's 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 interesting why the locals would wouldn't be uh, so nice. Mehdi spot on. I met an Israeli guy when I was in uh, in Kopenyanya, yeah? and we did the 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 like the skip rope with the when the ropes on fire, and the guy burnt his foot. If you think, like, Israelis are normally quite moody people anyway, yeah? Guy's burnt his foot. You think he's going to be a prick? He was jumping around celebrating. He bought everybody in the bar a drink. Wow. Like, Israelis, when they leave the country, are fucking sensational. Inside their own borders, ah, fuck them. Top five. Folks, we have to talk about Don Kilvo. Who's Don Kilvo? Well, he's our first Patreon supporter. What's a Patreon, you might ask? Patreon is a membership-based platform that allows people to financially support podcasts. Don Kilvo, how has been your time as a Patreon supporter? Awesome. How did you like the early access to episodes? Awesome. The exclusive content? Awesome. What about our video call over beers? Fucking awesome. He sounds convinced. If you are unable to support the podcast financially, we would greatly appreciate you leaving us a five-star review, a comment, and sharing two beers till takeoff with your friends. Fucking awesome. So, number five, and I know this is going to upset you a little bit, I think, because you take it so seriously on the east coast of Canada, but I'm going lobster. Cubans really do a lot of things of it, you know. I don't know, because they don't have a lot of other food resources or something, but boiled, fried, I'm satisfied. They'll put it in a curry. They'll do anything with a lobster you want, you know, big meaty chunks, and it's it's delicious, you know, it, it's... Okay, it's for classy people or for tourists, I guess. It's not for regular everyday life. But ah, oh, they 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 do it so well and you 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 feel like a king sitting there eating it. Yeah, I think that the difference between their lobsters and our lobsters is we our our lobsters up north would have um pinchers, like claws, and they wouldn't in, in down south. Pincers, like for for grabbing you. No, I, P- I mean pinchers. <laughs> hey, I don't I don't tell you I don't tell you how to brew your tea, man. <laughs> i mean they don't come with tea bags and i don't remember any of the lobsters trying to attack me so maybe you're right i don't know but delicious either way number four we're gonna go with the beaches you can get beaches in a lot of places you know but i enjoyed them in cuba for a particular reason like when i was staying in havana you could go down to the malicon which is like the the beach front it's like a rock rocky area you can get into the sea you can go for a swim like it's nice it's all right a lot of people hanging out there. Good place to go smoke cigars and stuff. But it's it's not quite a beach. But you get out into the other beaches. 
oh, sensational. Like, okay, I don't know what they've got in Veradero or the other tourist resorts, yeah. But like on the outskirts of Havana, you've got these beautiful white sandy beaches, yeah. They're kind of wild in a way, not because they've not been like taken over by people, but because you've got no people there. Cubans don't actually go to the beach, I found out. Or, you know, at least it seems that way. Like, there was no fucking Cubans. I was the only guy there when I went to Santa Maria Beach. You know, I caught a taxi up there. Oh, really? Yeah, I caught a taxi up there. Guy didn't didn't want anyone to know that he had a tourist in the car when he was a taxi, so he unscrewed the taxi sign and then drove me up there. <laughs> Man, we got up there, yeah? And, like, other than one guy that windsurfed across the horizon, didn't see anybody the whole time. And this is how good it was. I had a personal waiter. Like, there was a restaurant at the top of, like, the sandy area towards the car park. And they would designate you a personal waiter because there were so few people on the beach. So I had a guy that was standing, like, maybe, like, I don't know, 10, 15 yards away from me, yeah? And every time I needed a drink, I'd be like, oh, Jose, mojito. Garçon. He'd bring one over to me. Yeah. And then he'd run over, like, oh, do you, do you, need, do you need some food, Big Sid? Can I bring you some food? <laughs> but no, no, give When's me When's the give... podcast coming out? <laughs> but no, 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 Jose, it's all right. Give me a... Give me another mojito and we'll speak about it in a minute. And then he'd come back and be like, are you ready? You know, we've got some beautiful fish. Caught it in the afternoon. Yeah, go for it, you know. So we're sitting there. Jose bought me like, I don't know, 10 mojitos, whatever. Go swimming in the Caribbean. <laughs> Can't see anyone around me. The waves are mad. You know, really, really big. Is, is the water really blue? It was... Light blue? It was blue. It wasn't crystal clear. It was very blue, but it wasn't crystal clear. And it was wavy. It was a little bit rough. Like, I wouldn't have surfed it. But for swimming in after a few drinks, it was so much fun. Like, I was giggling to myself every wave. Like, ha this is fantastic. You know, I felt like Jack Sparrow out there with the Pirates of the Caribbean. It was awesome. <laughs> so it sounds almost like you did a, a resort light. Well, yeah. I mean, Minus all the other tourists. You were there by yourself. You got waiter service by the beach. I don't hate- you didn't pay an arm and a leg. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't hate on me because I enjoy my life, yeah? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, I think you did resort, I think you resorted it a little bit, but maybe to your fashion. Maybe something like that, but I mean, like, you know, I, I just picked a beach and went out there. I didn't plan for any of this, you know, and I made the most of the service that was on offer. Third place, we're going cocktails. Everybody knows about the cocktails in Cuba. They're almost all rum-based, but they are sensational. Like, as a pina colada fan... There's nowhere better you can be for them. And I mean, as a guy with two hands, I like to drink two at a time. You know, same with mojitos as well. Okay, right, you can get mint, you can get lime anywhere, yeah? But it's always better in the home of these cocktails. And they're so fucking cheap. Yep. Like, you might pay, you might, you, you know what I mean? You might pay a euro, two euros for them. Like, it, it doesn't cost you anything. It's fantastic. Number two, going cigars. Again, maybe a little bit like cocktails or beaches. You feel like you can do it anywhere. But, you know, this is one of the homes of it. This is the mecca of cigars. And they are sensational. Two reasons. One, because they actually taste nice. And the second, because they're just such a regular part of life. You can walk down to the Malecon, you know, spark up a match, light your cigar, sit in there with some locals. Oh, no problem, you know. Go there for a coffee, smoke a cigar. Go play a game of cards, smoking a cigar. Go speak to the woman who runs the hotel, smoking a cigar. You know, it's just part of life there. But yeah, it's like the cigars are an extension of your body. So it's it's the best time to ever smoke them. Did you get to go to uh, the areas where they they produce the cigars? To the like the factories and stuff. Yeah, man, I went to the I went to the Habana one. I went to the Cohiba one. Is is that something you recommend for uh, cigar lovers? It's all right. It's you know. It, I think my opinion on factories is pretty negative, in a way. Like I'm, you know, go and enjoy them. You don't need to go to the factory to see them. Would be my opinion. Fair Maybe some aficionado of cigars would be like, oh, fuck, man, I want to go to the Romeo and Juliet one and see how they're, how they're done. Maybe you do. I don't want to. I want to fucking sit on the beach and smoke one with a coffee or a beer or something. I'm not interested I otherwise. Wanna, I want to see how my hot dog's made. I just want to eat it. Yeah. Like, buddy, roll it to me and give it to me. I don't want to watch you do the work. They don't pay me for that. I'm not a supervisor. <laughs> Number one, the best thing in Cuba. And you may disagree. The con men. Getting conned in Cuba is part of the experience. You absolutely have to get conned in Cuba to, a, to, to be able to say that you've been to Cuba. <laughs> if you don't at some point get ripped off, you haven't really been. You've been to a resort. You got ripped off by the travel agent maybe before you left home. Yeah. But you haven't actually been. Like part of the communist regime, everybody has their jobs, but they also have their illegal activities on the side to make their extra, which affords for them to live. 
So what happens when you're a tourist or obviously a tourist, people approach you. You go and sit down, somebody sits down with you. You go for a walk, somebody walks with you, you know. And it was a few days in and I went for a walk and I met this guy called Johan. Big guy, honestly, he looked like Samuel L. Jackson, but about six foot five. That guy was massive, yeah, scariest guy I've ever seen. He said to me, oh, you want to see around Havana? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've been to the Communist Museum. I've been to the Malacan. You know, I was like, yeah, go show me, go, go show me around. So we get walking, we go to this place called the Baseball Cafe. Fucking care about baseball. But as a sports fan, like it was a cool place to be. And he was like, you know, this is this Cuban guy. This is this Cuban guy. They're all legends. They're big names in Cuban. I was like, okay, great. Bill comes for the drinks. Do you want to get that? Yo, can you get that? And I said, all right, Johan, I'll get these, you know. All right, whatever. I'll pay for a couple of beers. It's not going to, not the end of the world. So we get walking and I kind of get to understand how things work, actually. Because everything we get, I need to pay for. You're like the sugar daddy. Exactly, I'm the I'm Johan Sugar Daddy, despite the fact he's sixty eight meters tall. <laughs> and so we go to this restaurant, a fantastic restaurant, yeah. It's up on the top floor of a skyscraper, yeah, out in Havana. It must be I don't know, twenty two, twenty four floors high, something like this. Like it's it's huge. You can see the whole city. You can see the ocean. See the beach. See the Malacan. Fantastic, yeah? We're the only people up there. Like, it's like a reserved balcony. It's a restaurant, because you can tell by the way it's decorated. But it's like a, somebody's personal balcony. Like, penthouse suite, yeah? And they've got, they've got this waiter, you know, brings us out the fish, brings out the bill, and like, fuck, I know I'm paying this already. Get some fucking rums in, son. Bring us some shots. Bring us a couple cocktails. I'm going to get pissed if I'm paying for this anyway. So I get fucking pissed. Pay the bill, because I know it's coming. And I say to Johan, right, you've taken me here. What else can you show me? Show me some more things. So, right, we go sightseeing, take some pictures, you know, things I never would have seen on my own. While you're, ju- while you're just smashed? Oh, man, I'm fucking flying at this point. <laughs> like I'm jumping on Johan, giving him fucking noogies. Like, hey, my brother! Hey! <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flying, but I, I'm going to make the most of this. If I've bought the kid fucking lunch, I'm going to make the most of this. Yeah, if you bought yourself a security guard, you might as well go ham. You've you, you've afforded you've you've afforded yourself some security. You can do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. So I'm like, right, take me here, take me here, take me here. You know, we're gonna go take pictures of all this shit because I wouldn't have seen this on my own. I'm gonna make the most of the fact that I bought you lunch and knew you knew I had to buy you lunch. Because he give me the typical, oh, I haven't got money or I haven't bought my wallet. I'm Cuban. We don't have money. Right, maybe so. But at least in England, if you don't shop with money, you fucking tell people before you sit down. Anyway, so. Go to him. Last thing, I'm like, right, what's the last thing I can do to make the most of the fact I bought this guy lunch? Johan, take me to a cigar seller, one that you can trust. I don't know if he trusted the guy or if he took a commission, but we went to this black market cigar seller, got some cigars. They looked legit. So that was that was what we went with. Like, And as a, somebody who smokes cigars, like they, they, they matched the representation of what I would expect a cigar to be. You know, because, you know, if you buy anything outside of the factories, outside of the designated shops or whatever... You're getting black market cigars. They could be anything, right? But they are still rolled in Cuba. They are still made in Cuba. So are they official Cuban cigars? Not really, but they are from Cuba. So they are Cuban cigars. Yeah. Right. So how can you tell a good cigar? Right. It should be even in length. The leaf should be tightly wrapped. There should be no discoloration. There should be no bits that are more sensitive than others to the touch, you know, and they should smell nice and they shouldn't be pre-cut, obviously. That's good to know. Yeah. The box matched all of this. Plus more. Maybe I'm forgetting a few elements here, but they matched all the elements that I would expect to see from a regular cigar. Uh, you know, and having actually bought some some proper cigars from the factory, they matched those characteristics. I knew they were fake, yeah, but I bought them because I knew I could give them to the guys back home. Sorry, boys. Well, made me a fucking hero, you know. This guy showed up with Cuban cigars, showed up to everybody's wedding or christening or birthday party for four years with cigars from Cuba. What a fucking legend that. We may have just lost a Patreon listener. <laughs> no, man. I, <laughs> Give me my fucking real cigars, bro. Yeah, maybe I've dubbed myself in now, but I rode that wave for years, like as a, a as an icon. <laughs> but I knew no, man. I knew they were nice, and I smoked a few of them myself. Like they were good. Were they perfect? No, but like they they were less than a fifth of the price, and it was like fuck. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> They were like a euro, two euros a cigar. And I know I've gone from point number two cigars back to point number one con men, but it was Johan that bought me there. He probably got a commission. But this is exactly why you go from, because they know people, they know places, they know what to do, they know where to go. Yes, you need to buy them lunch. Yes, you might need to buy them a mojito. But is it worth it when the mojitos are fucking euro? Everything, every single time. Yeah, probably made your trip a lot more efficient. You got to see way more stuff than you planned on seeing. And you did it safely. Oh, yeah, because who's going to jump a guy hanging out with six foot five Samuel L. Jackson? (laughs) 
I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> but you know, having mentioned having mentioned food a little bit in the um in the lobster part, I want to talk about a few other bits of food there. I don't know if you can count this as things I didn't like. I mean, there were a million things I didn't actually like about Cuba, but these are some that we need to talk about. They eat a lot of food standing up there, you know. I used to go to this pizza place. Why? Because most of the food they sell there is either sandwiches, pizza, or fucking spaghetti bolognese. They're big on spaghetti bolognese, you know. But all of these places, they weren't like sit-down restaurants, because I don't know why, that would cost them too much. But you buy this pizza, you'd buy this spaghetti bolognese, or you'd get the sandwich from the guy, and you'd just be standing, like, food resting on this wooden plank. Twelve guys next to each other standing up eating their spaghetti bolognese. It was weird. Yeah, man, it was like it, with the food. Feel like that's right. not a, it's not a, it's not a food that you eat standing up. No, like yeah. with the pizza, I kind of get it, but with the spaghetti bolognese, it didn't yeah. make sense. But I mean, the pizza was garbage. Like it was nice to fill you up because I needed something to fucking fill me up at times, like during that trip. But Jesus, the pizza was not like from fucking Naples or anything. And I mean, on top of that, like their their national dish. Yeah, do you know what their national dish is called? It's called no old. It's called old cloves. That does not sound good. Well, excuse my Spanish for a second. I think it's called hopa velia or hopa vieja. I don't know, man. I don't fucking speak Spanish. But yeah, man. It, it, it like it, basically it's shredded meat with different vegetables and stuff, and where it's colourful and it looks like a, a mixture of things. We put it all together. Like, oh, it looks like old cloves. Yeah, that would be delicious. Or dirty. Is it dirty cloves or old cloves? I don't know. Again, I don't speak fucking Spanish. But yeah. Delicious, but not something you get in a classy place. Una cerveza, por favor. <laughs> Jesus, your Spanish is better than mine. One of the things for me was going there when they still couldn't get internet. Like, there was no public Wi-Fi. You couldn't use the internet in most places. Like, maybe if I'd have travelled there in 1996, I wouldn't have really thought about it. But having come from Western culture at this time, it was really frustrating that I couldn't, like, for example, speak to my mother when I had problems, or even just fucking tell her that I was okay. You know, speak to friends or whatever, update my gram. <laughs> yeah, of course, the, the, the important things, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and maybe just the, la the, lack, the lack of efficiency. Like, I guess we're going to get into the story in a minute. But they kind of just do things as and when they want. And if it suits them, they'll do it. And if it doesn't, they won't, you know. And if they can go commit a crime instead of doing it, they will do. And if they, you know, it's not to say all Cubans are criminals. But just part of, I think, the communist system encourages everybody to prioritise doing anything that makes them more money than their regular government salary. So, for example, getting a bus is really difficult because the bus may or may not show up. But catching a taxi is fine because it'll unscrew the top, take your money and drive it there and not have to tell anybody about it. Why, why, would, why do they do that? Unscrew the... Like, I, I didn't understand that. Well, because if nobody sees him with somebody in the car or with the taxi sign, nobody knows that he's working. Looks like he's just driving somewhere. Fair enough. Then he hasn't got to declare it. Then it's not, you know, taxable income. So if he ta if he charges if he charges me a tenner for a ride, yeah, and his monthly salary is twenty euros or twenty dollars or whatever it is, yeah, he's made half his monthly salary in one ride that hasn't got to go to anybody just because he unscrewed the top. Yeah. That's why they all keep drills with him. <laughs> well, not drills because that would need electricity and that would be expensive. They all keep screwdrivers with him. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Story time. So I'd always wanted to go to Cuba. For me, it was a, a really appealing place to go to because it's it's just different, really. Like it, you know, as I said earlier, it's like going in a in a time machine. You go you go back to the fifties, the forties, whatever. What happened was that me and Ricky had a big trip planned in Eastern Europe. I went to, it was actually his birthday party, actually. We went to a birthday party with some friends. We went horse racing. Like, I'm a terrible gambler. <laughs> Normally, every time there's fucking odds in front of me, I shit the bed. But this day, like, every dog has his day, you know. And I smashed it. I was up by about fucking 900 quid by the end of the day. I called my mum. I was pissed as fuck here on champagne and stuff. I called my mum, like, oh, come pick up this money. She's like, what? I'm not going to fucking drive over to the horse track for, uh, for 50 quid. Drive over, I'll show you the money. Give it a 900 quid. <laughs> they got yeah. me a briefcase. <laughs> she, so she drove over, yeah, and I give her the money. I was like, right, I don't want to take this out with me in a piss because me and Ricky are going to keep going and the other guys, you know, we're going to go to the nightclub and stuff. Woke up in the morning. Just, just to put emphasis on how much 900 quid is, it's almost like $1,800 Canadian. 
So it was it was a good night. It was a good yeah. night at the races. Yeah, like it is fifty six million US. <laughs> like it was a day that you 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 have them once in your life. Yeah, as you can buy like nineteen doctors in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Ricky had this trip planned yet, yeah, and I actually didn't have any work between the the date of the horse racing and the date of our of our trip starting. So it's like fuck. What can I do with this? You know, ah, like, oh, ten days in Cuba. Fuck, I'm on it. Yeah, booked it on. No idea about like the regulations of the country or anything. I actually accidentally bought two visas because yeah, I mean why not? Yeah, yeah. big baller. Two is better than one, isn't it? Show them to my friends. Got them both. But no, so I arrived there. Yeah, and I like I I knew about like the communist regime and stuff. And I mean this was still during the days of Fidel Castro. I knew there was a bus. Like, I flew into Veradero, the tourist resort that we've been speaking about, yeah? I wasn't staying there. I was going to go stay in Havana because I wanted to go see Cuba. I didn't want to fucking sit in a four-star resort or you can eat hamburgers or anything, you know? And I was like, oh, there's a bus. There's a bus going over there. That'll be fine. No problem. I've never had a problem with a bus, yeah? And it's not just the only bus. There's two buses after my flight lands. Okay, great. Right. Waiting for the first bus. It's late. Really late now, like hour, hour late, something like this. Next bus after this, another two hours after this. There is a bar in the airport car park. Like in the parking lot? Like in the parking lot. Fantastic. And like I've wow. changed up like, I don't know, I changed up maybe a tenner or whatever. Like I had a bit of money on me. I changed up a tenner. Like, All right, fuck, I'll go drink some beers over there then. At least not like a classy bar, like I'm drinking out of a can. But I was like, right, I'll go smash some beers over here. That sounds great. So smash some beers, waiting for the next bus to come in two hours two hours pass a little little half cut now you know and the bus never arrives sitting there at the bus stop bus never arrives i get speaking to another guy who's clearly a tourist yeah guy's name is Matthias from germany and he's saying to me i've already done my time here i actually got over here to catch my flight and the flight actually isn't happening out it's been cancelled as well Okay, great. So now his flight is cancelled and his bus is cancelled and that's my bus as well. And it's my second bus of the day that's not actually happened. As I said to you, this is the problem with maybe communist economics. Like, I'm not here to speak to you about economic political issues or anything because I'll be here all day speaking about communism versus capitalism. You know, hashtag socialism, whatever. But we've got no way to get anywhere. He's got no flight now going back to Germany because he's missed his flight. He says to me, like, I know Havana well. Like, do you want to go back to Havana? Like, you know, I'll go back with you for a, couple, for a day or so, and then I'll, I'll come back. Yeah, of course I want to do that. You know, in the airport, there's been no ATMs. The only money I had was the tenor I changed up into Cuban pesos, which I've already spent on beers. Other than that, I had my card with me, and I had an emergency, I had an emergency 20. Like, I wasn't going to spend that on beers. That was for emergencies, yeah? So... We get a taxi over and I explain to him, like, Mateus, like, uh, there's no ATM here. I haven't got out any money or anything. He's like, no, no, no worries. I'll pay, I'll pay for the cab. Sort me out later or something, yeah? So he goes to me, where are you staying? I said, well, I've booked this hostel. I booked it on Hostel Weld as well, yeah? No free ads. <laughs> booked the hostel there, yeah? We've got the street, got the neighborhood. It's in San San Martin or something like this. I, I was looking at it earlier. You can see it's in, it's in some rough area away from the center of Havana, but still in Havana, yeah? Away from the beachfront. I was like, right, that'll be, you know, that's that's where my hostel is. We're driving up and down this road. Yeah, I think it was number 15 or 515 or something like this. Doesn't fucking exist. So we've got me and Mateus. What? Yeah, we've got me and Mateus in this taxi, yeah? And this number doesn't exist. No fucking hostel in sight, yeah? Spoke to every fucking local in the area. The tax driver is actually, like, Mateus fortunately speaks a bit of Spanish. I mean, I didn't speak a word. I was like, hola, one beer. Like, that was the level of my Spanish, yeah? Like, we're going up and down, yeah? <laughs> There's no one there that knows of any hostel in the area. And that's crazy because if you think about, like, 99% of the countries in the world, hostel world is very reliable. Oh, 100%. But Cuba maybe is that loophole that because of the economic or, or, you know, the embargo that they went through, that there's kind of that loophole of inconsistencies. Man, the, 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 that was exactly why I booked it, though, because you know hostel world is reliable as fuck. You know, and, and suddenly it didn't exist. And so we're driving up and down the road and this woman comes up to the window. And a few people had come up to the window, to be fair, to speak to the tax driver. Obviously seen us two tourists in the back. And she was like, no, my house is available. Come stay in my house. And so Mateus and the taxi driver, they negotiate. Okay, right, great. We're going to go stay in our house. He said, look, Mateus, I got no money. 
no, no worries, no worries. I'll pay, I'll pay for you for the next couple of days. Sort it whenever you're ready. I'll tell her that you're going to pay her at some point. And that became an issue in itself eventually. Did Mateus have the, uh, the inflated currency? I actually think he had both. What a legend. Yeah, so, 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 Mateus, so Mateus had the currency that we needed of the two that was available, as well as having the other one. So he paid the woman. A couple of days sorted, right, great. He says, right, I've got these fucking box of cigars. Smoke a couple, right, great. Fucking sitting there smoking cigars, right. I got this Havana Club 7. Great, we're sitting there drinking. And I'm thinking like, fucking hell, yeah. This could have been a tough first day with no buses or anything. This has been fucking spectacular. Now I'm sitting here smoking a cigar, drinking a good rum. I'm living the Scarface life. <laughs> doesn't fucking, doesn't fucking last. Next day, yeah, go, go to the cash point. So I'm sitting there thinking we're living the Scarface life, yeah. But it doesn't really last because it's early evening. So we want to go out, yeah. Of course you do. So we go check a cash point. My card, no good, doesn't work. We go check another one. My card, no good. And this is a, this is a British debit card yeah i mean i've got two of them with me but both of them have got the same problem same error message and i'm thinking now like fuck oh no yeah what what what, what do i do and he's like oh no worries no worries you know we'll sort it out tomorrow it's probably just because it's late and i'm thinking like all right okay it's late so we go out for a couple of drinks and as i said to you about the con men people start following us these two yeah. guys follow us easy yeah. prey yeah exactly one of them you know guy Got, got, got like uh, sunglasses on his head, you know, shirt. Like he, he looked like he could have been a tourist, except for the fact he looked rough. Like he re, he, 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 <laughs> he, you know, he looked like he probably nicked that shirt off somebody, you know. And he follows us into this bar, you know, and he's like, right, you guys buy the drinks. You guys buy, the drinks. no, no, we get, we get, we, all right, we'll get some beers in, you know. We get some beers in, you know, go to the next bar and they're still following us. So Mateus gets us a couple of beers. They get themselves a couple of beers, yeah. The, it's the guy with a stolen shirt and his mate. And they're not sitting exactly with us. And then as we go up to pay, or we say we, Mateus, because Mateus paying for everything now. Guy comes up, he's like, no, you pay for our beers as well. We're with you. Like, fuck are we? We've already bought you two beers. We don't fucking know who you are, son. And he starts going mad about it. And next thing you know, like, I'm still, like, more or less sitting at the table, yeah, ready to leave. This guy, yeah, is squaring up to Mateus, like, pushing him in the shoulders, like, trying to grab him, grabbing him by the fucking scruff of the throat, like, you pay for my fucking beers. You pay for my fucking beers. Was he a big guy? No, not overly. You know, maybe Mateus. Versus Mateus, like... Maybe Mateus could have taken him. I don't know. Like, if you want an estimate, like, Mateus was probably 5'10 or something. And this guy might have been 5'9. Like, they were similar. They would have been in the same weight class if this was UFC, yeah? Thriller in Havana. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, like, because he knows guys here, yeah, and he speaks Spanish fluently, and Mateus speaks broken Spanish, and I don't speak any, and we're clearly through it. Like, we're clearly on the losing side here. So Mateus is just like, all right, fuck, you know. Get off me, let go of me, let me pay, I'll pay for your fucking beers and fuck off, yeah? So we pay the beers, and the guys are still trying to start a fight outside. Fortunately, after he paid for the after beers? After he paid for the beers, the guy's like, oh no, you still give me this, give me this, give me that. Mateus was like, well, you want my fucking shoes. But no, so a ca there's, there's a cab waiting outside, yeah? And we jump in a cab and drives us home, fortunately. Because I don't know what the fuck would have happened if we just had... This is my first night there, yeah? Imagine. I've got no money... I, the guy that I'm with, I literally met at the airport. I know nothing about him except for the fact he's given me a cigar and we've shared a bottle, of, a small bottle of rum before we've been out, yeah? And there are guys trying to fight us over beers that we didn't order. Like, imagine my impression of this country and these people. <laughs> I mean, I, I, didn't, like, I didn't think that we'd have to use this term again, but it sounds like you're, you have a sugar daddy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did for the day. There's no arguments about it. I did, I, I did for that period or so have a sugar daddy. But, you know, like that aside, whether or not you've got a sugar daddy or not, I, you know, I was just thinking like, fuck, man, like starting a fight over a can of beer, two cans of beer. Like, OK, right. I understand the wage thing now that Ridiculous. we've spoken about it. But at the time I was like, you know, what are you going to do? Fight somebody over 50 cents? Slit somebody's throat for a fucking euro. It's not worth it. So we got the taxi back, you know, that was the end of the night. I'm like, right, that was a shit night. That was fucking worse than it should have been. Next morning, let's go out and try the cash points again now they're open. No fucking good. Every one of them. Two free cash points, both cards, every time rejected. Every single time. That's that's a that's a terrible feeling. Eh? Like I've had that once too, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about that on, the, on another episode, but that's that you feel naked. Well, we touched on it a little bit in Amsterdam. Like, you know, when you can't get to your money, it fucks you over. Whatever plans you've got are gone. 
and like the, the slight difference between the stories here, the reason we're going to keep going with this is because I didn't have like any kind of get out plan that was set or anything, you know, or any kind of idea or, you know, I wasn't in Europe, basically. I wasn't surrounded by options yet. And I was like, fuck, you know, I've got no money. So Teus gives me a 20 and he's like, right, he's like, you might need that. Pay me back, you know, but you're going to need it. I found a flight to Frankfurt, sort yourself out for now. And the only reason he'd found a, a flight to Frankfurt was we'd gone to this hotel. And as I said to you, there was no internet at the time in Cuba, no public Wi-Fi or anything. We'd gone to this five-star hotel on the beachfront because that was the only place they could get internet. And it only worked on certain sites. So we both paid this money. I say we both. Mateus paid for us both, yeah. I'm like trying to get Sugar onto Dad. Facebook. Yeah, so Sugar Daddy's paid for it, yeah. I'm trying to get onto <laughs> Facebook or whatever, yeah, can't. Emails I can get onto, all right. But I'm sending emails, you know, but nobody checks their fucking emails regularly, do they? You know, but he's managed no. to find a way to book a flight and I can't get hold of anybody. Time's up, that's it, internet over. So he's found his flight, that's it. He's going back to Veradero Airport in a minute. He's going to go catch a taxi. I'll never see him again. Maybe, who knows? So he goes, I've got the 20 that he lent me. Nothing else. Card's not working. What the fuck do I do now? Yeah? That's crazy. I can't, I can't even imagine that, man. You must have just felt so naked just like you versus cuba <laughs> yeah completely like i bought I, I, I bought a few sandwiches for lunch and maybe i'm overestimating how far 20 would go or i'm overstating how far 20 would go yeah this is 20 cuban yeah and as i said to you two currencies this is of the smaller currency like he he's paid for the hotel room and stuff all right so he's put out an outlay right he's really lent a stranger some money he's really done me a favor the money that he's lent me now is in the small cuban currency so 20 is going to get me a couple sandwiches. That was like it. Yeah. Fuck. And I'm now like, fuck, what situation am I in? Looking at my look, looking at my guidebook, right? Embassy. It's in Havana, but Havana's a big city, man. 10, it's over 10 kilometers away. It's 35 degrees. Yeah, it's the middle of summer. It's fucking boiling. <laughs> what can I do, man? I got to go. I got to go to the embassy. There's no Google Maps. Like, what would you do in this situation? There's nothing you can do. I've got no Google Maps. I've got it's, no money. It's I've got survival no mode. Exactly. So I start so I start the walk, man, and the sun is beating down on me, you know, and I'm like fucking really, you know, I'm I, I, I'm really pale. Like I, I burn easy, you know. <laughs> You're from England. I'm from England, exactly. That's all you need to know about it. And sun cream's fucking sun cream's far too fucking expensive for me to pay for out of the fucking twenty local currency that he's lent me. Like, as I said, on top of the taxi and the hotel bill, probably lent me about 40 euros or whatever, yeah, which is nice for a stranger. Like, I'll never knock the guy. But the 20 he lent me on local currency on the day never fucking gave me any protection. So I start walking through this. I've got no fucking idea where I'm going. I'm going from one hood to the next hood to the next hood. Man, the sun's beating down. I'm burning. I'm like, fuck, I need to stop and get a bottle of water. So I stop in a shop, sit down on the floor of the shop, drink my bottle of water, and like... Now my 20s looking a bit slim, because like, I've had the couple of sandwiches to try and fuel me, try and give me some energy to do this. So I've had the two sandwiches, the water in the shop, because I can't stand outside anymore because it's too hot. As far as I'm aware from the guidebook, like again, no Google Maps. I'm not even fucking halfway there. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can, I can just picture you in your fucking sandals, sweating your ass off, <laughs> probably sunburnt. <laughs> yeah, I'm sunburnt as fuck there in a in a Hawaiian shirt and fucking swim trunks, thinking I was going to the resort even though I never booked one, and I'm now walking through different neighbourhoods. Like I ended up on the main road at some point, and the amount of people I asked for directions in broken Spanish. Left, left, Iscada, Iscada, Embassy English, me English. You know, it never Queen. fucking got like it, yeah in. It kind of pointed me in the right direction every time, but it never really cleared things up. Like, I was never confident of the way I was going. And it, after a while, you know, after a couple of hours, I said to you, it was 10 kilometers. I didn't actually know this from the guidebook. I researched it up. I knew it was a long way. I didn't know it was about 10 kilometers or so. I got into this neighborhood where suddenly it wasn't like shacks and street sellers, a lot of cars and, you know, people sitting around and run down buildings. Suddenly, all the buildings are really fucking nice. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I feel like I'd entered another country. And I was like, right, I must be in the right area now. This must be the place for an embassy. If you're going to build an embassy, it's got to be here. Two or three streets later, 
you know, I'm now nearly three hours into this trip. You could probably do it in two. But because I'd been lost, because I'd been asking for directions, because I was sunburnt as fuck, because I had no energy, because I had nothing to fucking eat except a sandwich from breakfast, like, seven hours ago, it'd taken me three hours. Finally, I found these big buildings, and in the background, like, two streets back, massive building with a great Union Jack, you know, UK flag. Oh, couldn't believe it, right? And I was like, right, this is the one. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save this trip. Because right now, I'm thinking <laughs> I've flown halfway across the world for what? For no money to fucking risk my own life for no reason. Like, I can't pay my hotel. I've got no flight back for 10 days. I've got no money, except the emergency 20 I've got in my bag. Pounds, not Cuban, fortunately. And that's it. I've got nothing else. Like, this is my life now. I need this to work. Fuck. See this flag, right? And I'm going up to it. And I'm like, right, this is it. Going to save everything. This trip's going to be fucking fantastic. Everything's going to work. Get up to it, yeah? Gates are closed. The embassy's closed for oh the day. I got there, got there too late. God. Like, I've got sunstroke at this point. Like, I've, like, I'm nauseous. Like, I've got a headache. I'm so fucking sick from the sun that I've been in. I've walked over oh 10 kilometers God. without an actual map, just the physical map I've got in my hand. Like, I'm not fucking Christopher Columbus. I need fucking the internet to know where I'm going <laughs> most of the time, yeah? Like, this has taken me a long time. And the fucking embassy's closed, man. So what do I do? Start banging on the gate. Because what would you do in this situation? Start banging Survival. on the gate. Exactly, survival mode. Start banging on the gate. This guy comes out. No, we're closed. We're closed. I said to him, and I shit you not. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? <laughs> shit you not. That was, the, that was the only thing I could think to say at that point. Do you know who I am? And he was like, um, yeah, and he called me by my government name. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Big Sid. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we're actually allowed to stay open. For your, 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 your mother's called us in case of emergencies. So he opened the gate. Wow. Yeah. And he was like, right, come in. And he was like, right, these are your options. We spoke with your mother. She'll transfer the money. We can get you some money to like survive and, you know, live and get home and not die, etc. However, this is Saturday. This money's available on Monday. I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. You're the embassy. You're supposed to be here to save my life. What are you going to do? Leave me for two days to eat sand? What the fuck is this bureaucracy bullshit? <laughs> yeah. So he was like, yeah. Right, the money's available. The money is available on Monday. Right, that's my only option. So I pay the guy. Oh, I agree to pay. I sign the document that says I need to pay the guy when the money arrives. Yeah, like she's only actually sending the money from my own bank account anyway. Like it's completely my money that's getting sent from me to my mother to get sent to Cuba so that I can pay the Cuban guy for the Cuban guy to pay me. Wow, communism. What are you gonna do? But that leaves me with this situation, right? I've got this twenty that I had in the bag, and he said to me, "Right, there's two currencies here." And it's like, well, yeah, I kind of heard about that. He's like, right. You go first thing tomorrow. Sorry, let me refresh, recap a little bit. That was Friday, not Saturday, sorry. Embassy doesn't open on Saturday. That was Friday. So he said to me, you just said to me, you've got a little bit of money. You've got the 20 in your bag. Go change it up. That's got to last you the weekend at least. So, all right. So what do I do? I've got a couple of Cuban pesos left, the convertible ones, the one that are 26 times less valuable than a dollar, etc. yeah? I managed to buy a bag of dried pasta or a bag of pasta, yeah? <laughs> And I'm walking back the 10 kilometers and it's still fucking sunny. I've still got sunstroke. Like I am absolutely dying, yeah? Buy this bag of pasta, buy a big water, because you can't even drink the tap water in Cuba at this point. I don't know if we clarified this, but back in these days, I don't know if it's any better now, you couldn't drink the tap water. And not only that, you couldn't actually use it to brush your teeth in certain towns, not actually in Havana, but in the rural towns, it comes out the tap brown. It's that dirty. Oof. Like, it's really yes. fucking disgusting. So I bought this big fucking bottle of water, yeah, and bought this big pasta. And I bought them from a supermarket that was actually near the embassy because it was bigger than the supermarket near where I was staying because I knew it would be cheaper. So I actually had to walk back with this fucking five litre water and this fucking three kilogram pasta bag or whatever it was, yeah, which was the last of my money. You know, I'm trudging these two back with sunstroke, still with the evening heat. Get it back. Down 10 kilometres. Yeah, eat, get it get get it back. I'm fucking dying absolutely in pieces, yeah. The woman who doesn't speak any English, yeah, and I communicate with her via the Spanish that I learned in the guidebook. She agrees to like boil me some dry pasta so that I can put some fuel in the system and I'm like <sighs> Yeah, and I, I I I go back, check my room, yeah. Not sure how the fuck they got in or how he the fuck he got in, but there was a note in there from Mateus. Sorry buddy, you're going to have a rough time. Here are two cigars and the rest of my rum. Oh, wow. Wow. I tell that you is... what, yeah. 
the people Mateus, you meet when you travel, man, unreal. Mateus, if you are list, if you are listening now, whatever you need in life, I will sort it for this. This was incredible. I'm so sad we never got back in contact. I think you have to pull a medi and say, Mateus, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> yeah, Mateus, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> But yeah, man, so I fucking, I sat on the deck with my dry pasta, no fucking sauce, no herbs, drinking my rum and the fucking rest of the bottled water I had, smoking my cigar, like, you know, I guess this is the Cuban life, I don't know. Went back the next, well, so I went back, I went, I, I, one of the places the guy recommended to me to change my money was a big hotel, which I'd actually end up eating in a lot, so I used to get the lobster from. I waited in the queue for fucking hour and a half, yeah, but they eventually changed my British pounds into the Cuban regular peso. And suddenly oh, wow. then I could buy groceries. And thank fuck for that. Like, fortunately, I could finally eat. Like, I, Saturday, and sun, Saturday evening and Sunday, I actually managed to kind of eat food as opposed to just dry pasta and water. I would say rum, but that didn't last the first fucking night because as soon as I saw it was available, I was like, right, I'm going to fucking smash that because I need to. What the fuck is a holiday if I don't get drunk? <laughs> and so... You know, just to kind of finish yeah, up with... I was just thinking, it sounded what, a little like, bit depressing there. Yeah, you know, you know but they kind of, things kind of pulled around, and mostly because of Mateus's help, maybe because of my own never-give-up attitude, I don't know, and my resilience to eat dry pasta. Because if you don't want to eat dry pasta, you would have fucking died. But, you know, I was happy to eat the dry pasta yeah. because... Because I know from budget trips, dry pasta is an acceptable meal sometimes. Like, it's disgusting. But you can use it to fuel yourself sometimes. I knew this from experience. Wasn't my first bowl of dry pasta. Is it an alternate, not backpacker travel? Get dry pasta and you can eat that for like three days. (laughs) Well, I had it for three meals and it was making me feel sick by the end. But yeah, like I think it's a great (laughs) backpacker hack. Like you you can use it when you need to. Dinner, breakfast, lunch. If you've got to do it, you've got to do it at the end of the day. I wouldn't do it out of choice. I wouldn't do it for fun. So, Monday comes around. I gotta do this fucking hike again. Again, I'm still fucking sunstroke. I've got no sun cream. I didn't bring any. I can't <laughs> afford it. Because the 20 pounds I had, they changed up. All right. But that was my food and drink for the weekend. Because, you know, as we said, it's a communist country yet. Yeah? Even though things are cheap, they're not that cheap because they expect you to pay for them in rations or ration stamps. I don't have ration stamps. I have it, currency. And it's also an island. They have yeah, to so I'm getting ripped off. I'm getting ripped off for everything. Like, I bought this massive fucking pizza that I had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Sunday. And I'm not talking like fucking Naples, beautiful dough, soft, pure mozzarella cheese on the top. No, man. Like, it was made of, like, fucking grass and moss and tree bark. Had, like, Skittles on it. <laughs> like, and that was my Sunday. But, like, but- not like Skittles, but, like, the Cuban version of Skittles. <laughs> like, Kia Kietos. Los Los Quiteles. Los Quiteles, yeah, exactly. They had the Los Quiteles <laughs> on the top. And that, that was it. That was the food I had. So I went back, did this walk Sunday. You know, I'm feeling sick from the fucking pizza that I had three meals on the Sunday. I'd had the dry pasta on the Saturday. No fucking money left. No sun cream. I'd been ripped off for everything because I don't... Even though I'd been lucky enough to change the currency, I had no money left. Because if I hadn't changed currency, I would have lost it on the first day. I'd have spent the first, first lot of currency on a bottle of water. Couldn't afford a taxi or anything. You know, got a couple of dollars left. I'm like, no, I need some bottles of water. So that's what I do. I do the walk, get the bottles of water, fucking trek down, place looks closed again. I'm like, no, no way, no way. This time I'm not just banging on the gate, I'm fucking shaking it. Come on, come on, you fucking cunts. Open a fucking door. Like really, really going for it. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'd had 16 pints and I was at football. Like I was ready to fight anybody that come in my path. I'd have shanked them. I was fuming. Yeah. Guy come out from his little you office, guys, same as... You guys fight at soccer? Of course, it's the best time to fight. So, the guy comes out from his little office, yeah? And same as last time, like, he's got this smile on his face, like his life's perfect, pissing me off, you know? Prick. <laughs> comes out, oh, hello, hello, welcome back, calls me by my government name. And I'm like, yeah, you could have fucking opened the gate 20 minutes ago, you prick, I've been standing here shaking it. He's like, oh, okay, that's great, let me give you some water. Of course I'm going to take the fucking free water. Where's my money as well? So, drink the water. No Havana Club? Sign the contract. Yeah, he's got no Havana Club. I was like, you're the only man in Cuba that doesn't fucking drink rum with lunch, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, he still had a cigar, but yeah. Gives me the money after I sign the contract. Catch a taxi back from the embassy. That's it. Holiday's on. I'm living the dream now. I've got loads of money. I've got actually two days more money than I planned to. I'm eating lobster every day, drinking the pina coladas, oh. smoking the cigars. Like, everything turned around in that instant. 
Like it cost me a fortune to actually get the money sent over and I owe my mum a big thank you. Like you said to your mum in Amsterdam, mums are always heroes, but that fucking moment changed, changed it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was quite a ride, man. Like it's unreal, the people that you meet while you travel because they'll do stuff that like wouldn't do to a like stranger in your own country sometimes. Like without Mateo, you were probably gonna not eat for a few days. Oh, I don't. I, I actually don't think I would have had the energy to make it to the embassy in that heat, because one, I wouldn't have stayed. I wouldn't have stayed. I would. I wouldn't have stayed anywhere on the first night, and I wouldn't have had breakfast the next morning. The sandwiches, and I wouldn't have had the water to keep me hydrated, even if it was only one bottle. Like those three things I needed to survive. Fuck! Without Mateo, you might still be in Cuba right now. Yeah, that's it. I'd be a. <laughs> I, 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 I'd be one of the 70,000 doctors that got his certificate on the back of a cereal box earning <laughs> $20 a month. <laughs> well, you know what? At the end of the day, in hindsight, I'm, I'm really glad that we started a podcast and that we were able to celebrate the people that helped us in, in one of my episodes, uh, Amsterdam, Jehoon, and for you in Cuba, for Mateo, because, man, like these selfless people that just, we didn't know them very well. And they just decided to be like, hey, here's some money and just pay me back when you can. Unreal hearts and just shout out to those those people and all the people that help people when they're traveling. That's it's unreal. Yeah, they keep they they keep this game going. You know, without them there'd be a lot less adventures. Yeah, and like and like you mentioned earlier, like we have to give a shout out to the moms. The moms helped us out in, in tough situations too and unreal <laughs> unreal in, in, in the clutch. Another note I'll make though, it's it's funny because we, we talked about uh, which country had the best cuisine and even in communist or I guess post-communist Cuba, you survived off of Italy's best foods. Maybe not the best <laughs> tasting at the time, but they still supported you in your time of need. So <laughs> they will always be the best cuisine. It, yeah, budget Italian food will always have a place in my heart because of that. Yeah, and I mean that that is an argument for why it's the best. Because even at its budget form, it's still good. It's staple food. Like you can eat a gourmet yeah. pizza that costs you 40 bucks and it's fantastic. You can eat a shitty bag of pasta for fucking 50 cents and it still fuels you. It's better than eating the fucking the dirt from the floor at the end of the day. To the Years Till Takeoff podcast is performed and edited by Phil and Sid. If you liked what you've heard on this podcast, we'd greatly appreciate you leaving us a review and a comment. Follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Two Beers Till Takeoff, two being the number two, for additional content. Do you have a crazy travel story that you'd like to share on the podcast? Hit us up in our DMs for your chance to be on the show. All music heard on this podcast is provided by Rocker. You can find more of his work on his Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube accounts, spelled R-O-C-K period E period R. Again, that's R-O-C-K period E period R. And a big thank you goes out to Finland's own Leo K for performing voiceover.